We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we'll yeah. wrap this show, this part of the show up, Ryan, which is kind of talking about a few things that you and I think that Notre Dame needs, needs to do in order to step into that window. And, and, and I think the first one, Ryan, and, and we'll see how this recruiting class comes into play, but they, there is a level for them to raise their game recruiting-wise. It has certainly been raised under Marcus Freeman. I think the 23 and 24 classes are certainly better than what we've seen. But there's another level, in my opinion, that needs to get to from a recruiting standpoint. I think the 25 class is going to go a long way towards that because there's a lot of positions where you and I say, boy, they got a chance to have a special class. Well, who's committed in it right now? Well, nobody. But there's also some positions where, boy, they're off to, they got a big time quarterback. They're on the vert. They've got a, a great secondary class so far. Their D line class is strong, has a, it needs to get better. I mean, so they're getting there, but th- there is a level, I think, that they have to raise their recruiting game even more. Uh, from a high school standpoint, to really jump into that, in, in my opinion. That's step one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, I, I would say that we're we're obviously seeing the trajectory there. I think the 2025 class is a bait a great example because what what was awesome about the 2023 class was you saw Notre Dame kind of wake up Texas again. You know, you saw them kind of get into the state of Texas, which they had not done the previous five cycles. They only had three recruits, I think, in the previous five years, and then they had four just in the 2023 class overall. I mean, that was great to see. But they're starting to go into talent pools that they just were not frequenting enough. I mean, they yeah. weren't. I mean, so far in 2025, you have a couple kids in the state of Florida. You have an Alabama defensive end. You have a quarterback out of the state of Mississippi. You have a running back out of the state of Arkansas. Like, you are getting into talent-rich areas. They got, got a, a stud linebacker from Louisiana last year, Ryan. I mean, a yep. do, like a top 100 player that LSU wanted, not some sleeper that they yep. – like, like Cole Mullins and Jaden Osbury are two different players. Not not yep. ranking, not but just one guy they didn't have to beat any of the SEC powers for. The other one they had to beat all of them for. Sure, you know, yeah. and and that's the other thing too, Ryan. Is they're not only going into those areas, but look who they're they're not getting sleepers from Florida. Look no. at Davion Dixon's offer list. Look at Ivan Taylor's offer list. Look at Deuce. He's now been offered twice by Alabama. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. previous to the previous staff and now the new staff. I mean, you're oh, not man. only getting these top kids, Ryan, but you you're you're beating the local powers for those kids and that's right. that's a big difference for me is the quality i mean they got caleb offered from mississippi a few years ago okay so what you know what i mean <laughs> like he was my yeah. lowest ranked kid in the class that's different to getting deuce knight out of mississippi yeah. or getting ivan yeah. taylor out of florida or davion yeah. dixon out of florida they got three yeah. commits out of the state of florida right now ryan yeah. and and th- you know that after they potential had three in the previous five years yep potential so for yeah, so crazy. absolutely. I'll be shocked if they don't get more, to be honest with you. They, but they they have been making their headway in the southeast, which, you know, we talked about Georgia. You know, they had, obviously had a little bit of an impact in Georgia. I mean, I would even extend up to the Carolinas, right? Like you had three players in the state of North Carolina in the 2024 class. Talked about, you know, you're in Alabama in 2025. You're in Florida. You're in Mississippi. You are hitting some areas that Notre Dame just hasn't frequented enough. Because let's be honest. A lot of talent in the Southeast, man. Whole lot of players. Yes, you need to lock down Chicago. Yes, you need to lock down Indiana. Yes, you need to lock down St. Louis when the opportunity yeah. is right. You need to lock down those Midwestern, those Midwestern pools. But ultimately, you also need to dip down more into the Southeast to find those kids that fit you, and they're big-time football players. And yeah. 2025 is, I think, a big example that that is yeah. changing at Notre Dame. There's no yep. doubt. There's th- th- absolutely now when I say that the recruiting has to get better, I think we can all agree on that. But I think you also used a word that uh, that describes what we're saying well, which is a trajectory that yeah. it's going in the right direction. I think there's a chance it could go even better because I do think they upgraded their recruiting staff of their 10 assistants with Mike Brown and Mike Denbrock working together. Yeah, as opposed to what we had for not the chance he stuck. He didn't do a good job recruiting. He did obviously last year did a very good job. This year it was a little bit more. Mm, not sure what's going on. We now know why because I think he knew for a while he wasn't coming back. Yeah, but you know I don't know that Mike Brown's a a great recruiter from what I've been told. But what he is is a very good evaluator, 
He's good at building relationships. And then it's up to Chad and Marcus, Coach Freeman, and Coach Denbrock to close on those guys. So it'll yep. be a group effort that I think will will enhance the overall product. And uh, that's certainly a thing. And the number two, the number two thing, Ryan, is there's still there's this is the and this is even bigger than recruiting. There's still a lot they have to prove from a development standpoint at some key positions, especially quarterback. Offensive line is still a question mark. I'm I'm encouraged by what the higher they made a receiver, but we got to see what Mike Brown can do here. And then now yep. Washington needs to continue building on what he established this year. Did a great job this year, but it needs to get even better and continue and all those type of things. And so. I think the development piece certainly is very, very important. It has to, that also has to get better, in my view. And that also makes recruiting easier, right? If if players see that you are turning good talent into great talent, and great talent into elite talents, and solid talent into good talent, like if you are doing those types of things, it's a lot easier to sell some kids from the South that want to come into these talent rich areas. Like, hey, man, don't go to Georgia. Come up to Notre Dame and play football. Yeah. We can develop you just the same. I mean, so that development piece is huge because I think that helps recruiting. That helps, obviously, the on-field product. That is the key to unlocking Notre Dame because there's been this big misnomer for a long time that Notre Dame lacks talent. We know that that is not an actual fact. If you're able to show that you can really develop the talent and take it to the next level, then it's going to be a lot easier pitch to just in for to, in the beginning to even just come to Notre Dame. It's a very easier, much easier pitch. It's not a coincidence, Ryan that Notre Dame is on the verge of putting together an elite, I mean, a truly, like, over 20 years we haven't seen anything like this secondary class. It's not yeah. a coincidence that this is getting put together after Notre Dame has gone through a run where they've produced Kyle Hamilton, Xavier Watts, Alohi Gilman, mm -hmm. Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart. Julian Love is now doing his thing in the NFL as well with the Seahawks. Like. That's not a coincidence. And because before it was like, hey, we've got Harrison Smith. Who else, yep. coach? We've got yeah, Harrison Smith. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Now it's yeah. like, dude, they might have the best, you know, one of the best safeties in the NFL. They've got another really good, they got actually have three pretty good, four, excuse me, pretty good NFL safeties right now in the NFL. Harrison Smith, obviously. But now it's just not Harrison. It's also Aloy Gilman, who had a really good year from the Chargers, from what I could, from what I could tell. You obviously have uh, Julian Love did some really good things with the Seahawks this year after getting a nice contract from them. And then, of course, what Kyle Hamilton's doing. And, yep. and so and, and now you've got Benjamin Morrison, who's emerged as a big name at corner. Cam Hart had a big year. So you're starting to see more and more of this. Troy Pride was a fourth round draft pick a couple years ago. So you're starting to see more and more of this. And then all of a sudden, just like that, Notre Dame's on the verge of putting a big time DB class together. It's not a yep. coincidence at all. Yep. That that's yeah. happening after what they've been able to establish. Hey, look what guys can you can go to the NFL, be a high draft pick, and become an all pro playing in our secondary. How do you know that? Look at it. And, and right Notre there. Dame's Notre Dame's using that as a pitch as well, and they should. You know, it's not it's no it's I don't think it's any coincidence that anytime you talk to Jadon Blair and Ethan Long, for instance, they talk about like, oh, the staff says I could be the next Kyle Hamilton. Like, right. they should be saying that. Right. You're right. They should and, be the next Kyle Hamilton. Who knows? I don't and know. And this staff is also able to point to and use Ahmed Gardner as an example, too. Sauce Gardner as an sure. example, too. Because Coach Freeman coached him for two years, and Coach Mickens recruited him and coached him as a freshman All-American. Yeah. So we say, well, you know, so-and-so coached him his last two years. Yeah, but Mike Mickens laid that foundation. He was a freshman All-American as a true yeah. freshman. And and so and obviously he recruited him. So they're still able to use him as an example too, Ryan. And that's why you have I mean it's it's part of the I mean, look, Dallas Golden 
and Mark Zachary and Devin Williams aren't looking at Notre Dame just because of this. Here's the difference. Those kids were always going to look at Notre Dame. But this is the difference between those kids really liking you, but you finishing second or third, and those kids really liking you, and you now have enough to show them that this is where they can go if they want to reach all their dreams and all their goals and aspirations, which also includes the NFL. And so it's not a coincidence. I mean, we've seen it at tight end. Why, why does Notre Dame recruit that position easily? Because of all the kids they've produced into the NFL. Why do they recruit offensive line relatively easily? Because of all the guys Harry Heastand put in the NFL. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it, it's not. I mean, if, if Riley Leonard can go out this year and play like you and I hope and think he can, and yep. he can maybe jump into round one or maybe early round two, and then you start to accept whether it's Minchie or C.J. Carr or Deuce Knight after him, like, okay, then it'll be a lot easier to, to, to do that. But that's the thing is you've got to be able to go produce. I mean, look, Notre Dame went through a stretch in the 15 and 16 classes where they had back-to-back outstanding receiver classes, Ryan. Outstanding. I mean, in 15, you had Equinemy St. Brown, C.J. Sanders, uh, Jalen Guyton was in that class, Miles Boykin. A year later, you had Javon McKinley, Chase Claypool, and Kevin Stefferson. That's a he- It's not a coincidence that it happened right when Will Fuller was blowing up. It's not a coincidence. It's, hey, you can come be a big-time receiver. Look, we just had Golden Tate. We just had Michael Floyd and now Will Fuller. And all of a sudden, Notre Dame goes on this run at receiver, and then they stop producing big-time receivers, and they made some bad hires and all that, and then it goes away. But I think they've made the good hires. So uh, the development piece is huge, and and I think you nailed it, Ryan. Development also enhances your recruiting, but it also gives you a chance. The final piece to me, Ryan, is they've got to start getting some big wins got to start getting some big wins that's going to be the big thing right you you can't they have been an almost program forever and they were no different this year they almost beat ohio state they almost beat clemson you know, had six possessions to tie the game you know you almost beat you know wh- whoever else that's that's good you almost beat georgia but you didn't so you got to get to the point where it's like you're not an almost program you're kicking that door down you're beating yep. those teams and that's going to be the key you know, you, yep. you've got to beat Florida State this year. You've got to beat Texas A&M this year. You've got to beat Florida State this year. Those are the two big-name wins on your schedule in USC. You've got to get to the postseason and beat somebody that's that's a brand. That it just Look, nobody cares. We care. We enjoyed it. But nationally, nobody – Notre Dame's not put on the verge of putting together a, 20, a great 2025 recruiting class because they beat South Carolina and Oregon State in the last two bowl games. Right. Has any kid yeah. mentioned, hey, you know what? I wasn't really looking at Notre Dame, but did you watch how they dominated Oregon State? Boy, I'm on board. No, that's not it. And so those big games have to come. And that all comes from recruiting and development and culture and all that kind of stuff. But that to me is the final piece, Ryan. They have to have that. They have to have that. They got to get that that notch on their belt. And and, yeah. and some, a few notches on their belt. Because what changed with Jim Harbaugh? What changed the perception about Jim Harbaugh? Started beating, he started beating Ohio State. I, I feel like we get the same. I, I feel like we get the same mailbag question all the time. It's like, what, what was your favorite victory, right? And for me, I'm I'm 32, right? So mm-hmm. I'm 32, and my immediate responses are like, you know, 2012 Oklahoma. That was a really nice victory, you know. Oh, they beat Clemson a couple years ago. Well, Trevor Lawrence didn't play, but that's another right. conversation for another Either day, Mike right? Jones but, or Tyler Davis, yeah. or yeah, exactly. Right. But so the big victories in my Notre Dame lifetime are few and far between, at least yeah. the ones that and, I remember. And, and honestly, they both happened in the same year, Ryan. 2012 yep. Stanford and 2012 Oklahoma. I mean, yep. 
they've had some big wins over Miami in years where Miami wasn't good. They've had some big wins over Florida State in years where Florida State wasn't good. But they yep. they almost beat a great Florida State team. But that's the whole story. They almost beat a couple really good Georgia teams. But that's right. that's been their mo, Ryan. They they just they haven't been able to get those big wins. To your point, I mean, even the great Brady Quinn era. I mean, yeah, they almost beat USC. Didn't well. I remember I remember the recruiting weekend for Oklahoma, for uh, Ohio State this year, where everyone was super excited. Man, I mean, Notre Dame landed a couple kids that were there that were not committed at the time already, and I remember they were talking about it like, oh, the atmosphere was great and blah 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 blah. But there's always a but at the end, right? It was like, man. The atmosphere was great, you know. Too bad we lost. Too bad, you know. But we lost. Like, and could you imagine those recruiting weekends if you have a game at home against Ohio State where you come out and you win? Like those things have a ripple effect. I mean, we talk about the confidence of the football team in general of that current year. Talk about the recruiting side of things. You talk about the future recruits that are seeing that game live i mean even the parents i mean notre dame is usually an easy sell to parents because of the education piece and the coaches and all that type of stuff but parents don't want their players their their sons to go play for winners they still want to go there they still want to see them play on the national stage and beat the clemsons the ohio states the alabamas the georgias they still want to see that right those things could have a major ripple effect and i mean I'm, i'm still thinking back to brian if they were able to beat ohio state this year how big of a win that would have been for just the, the recruiting classes in 2024 and 2025 moving forward. Like I think it would have just been an easier sell for some people. You said something at the beginning, Ryan, you said that they got kids because of that game, because yeah. of how competitive it was, because the loss. difference is yeah. the difference of that game and maybe past games was, is Notre Dame to me and to a lot of people that were there was the better team from a standpoint of they just, they had the better players that day. Is you know they they outplayed Ohio State in a lot of ways. They just had some fluky stuff go against them. The big run by Henderson, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because you weren't the better team. There was the perception you were the better team, but the better team had seventeen points, and the the not better team had fourteen points. Right? I mean that 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 all. But to your point, imagine and and there were kids that I know for a fact, and you know for a fact, that was the final thing for them that solidified either a staying with Notre Dame or picking Notre Dame. That's a you fact. Literally got, you, you literally got two commits that day just because right. of the atmosphere and what it was like. I mean, you literally got C.J. May and Daniel Anderson that day. <laughs> per, imagine what happens, to your point, if they win that game. Right. That's the difference. Yes, yep. you still get those kids, but then all of a sudden you just sent a statement, a shockwave through college football, and it was yet another missed opportunity for Notre Dame to do that. And that's going to be the big thing that Marcus Freeman's going to have to do that Brian Kelly could never really do, yep. that Obviously, Bob Davey and Charlie Weiss could not do. And, and the last time Notre Dame had a head coach that could consistently win the big games, it was Lou Holtz. I mean, and that was the maddening thing about the Lou Holtz era is they would all they almost always won the big games. Yeah, outside of Penn State, in a couple years where Michigan beat them, but like they all they they you know beat Miami two of the last three years under Lou Holtz. They you know dominated Florida State in nineteen ninety three. They kicked the crap out of Texas A and M for you know. In, in 1992, beat him again in 1993 when AM was a really good football program. I mean, they, they had all these huge wins, beat some number one and number two ranked Michigan teams, went on the road in 1988 against number two USC with Rodney Pete at quarterback and dominated them. I mean, they had all these huge, you know, beat number one Colorado and, in, 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 you know, after the 1989, you know, or beat, beat number one Colorado in the 89, I was at the Fiesta Orange Bowl almost beat number one Colorado a year later 
and when on the the phantom you know block in the back call but like they went on you know they went down to the sugar bowl and dominated a great steve sprayer number three ranked florida team in the sugar bowl with jerome bettis and he had all and then they'd lose to stanford and they'd lose to air force and and they'd lose to like a not very good penn state team and you're like what the heck you know that was the maddening part but they always played great and won the big games you know almost always and that's marcus freeman's got to bring that back you know, so when you look at this year's this year's season, you went, you beat Texas A&M on the road. It won't be like a huge, huge splash win, yeah. But it's still gonna, it's gonna get. Hmm, Notre Dame on a, the road. A, you're still being an SEC team in the state of Texas, right? So that's like, right. That's obviously, has the relevance. That's there. right. Yep. And then in November, I think it's November 9th, yep. You got Florida yep. State come to town. I think Florida yep. State's going to be a top ten team again. I do. And when you, you know, Florida State schedule finally got released. Uh, today so we can actually or last night excuse me and so when you look at their schedule I I, I was looking at it last night kind of like okay are they going to be they're going to be undefeated when they come play Notre Dame and there's a chance play Georgia Tech at home Boston College at home Memphis at home Cal at home at SMU home against Clemson at Duke at Miami home against North Carolina there's a good chance Florida State's undefeated when they come Notre Dame at worst one loss at Miami, home against Clemson, maybe they lose one of those two. But what other game might they lose if they if you know if they play to their remotely close to their ability? What other game might they lose? In your thoughts, Ryan? I'll, I'll, re- I mean, I'll read it again. I think I think SMU is a sneaky game, man. I think SMU is a really sneaky game. I I, I don't know. I'd be we'll I'd be shocked if if Florida State loses this. Florida, Florida State's replacing a lot, man. I know they're bringing oh, I, like DJ I, I and stuff. That. Like I get all that. Well, that a lot. They they have a, a very very good portal class coming in as well, but the point the point is there's a chance. Do you at least acknowledge there's a chance they're undefeated when no, they come zero to play chance. Notre Dame. Zero chance. <clears throat> Ryan's just trying to pluck my last nerve today, folks. There's a chance that they're undefeated at, at worst one loss in my opinion when well, they come. Point seven. Point seven percent. So okay. all right, Ryan. They're gonna. <laughs> but. That's got that's got to be a win that you that you get. That's that's those are the two, and then of course you end the season at USC, and I have no idea what USC is going to be next year. None. Yeah. But you've got to get that. You've got to get back to controlling that rivalry. You can't start your career off one and two against USC if you're Marcus Freeman. You can't. So there's opportunities in 2024, Ryan. There's no doubt. Yep. They've got to start. No and then of course, if you're able to get to the to the uh, the college football playoff, you've got to. You've got to do some damage. You've got to win at least one or two games, in my opinion. And if you do that, the floodgates open for Notre Dame. I really, I think this, and, and I'll write, we'll talk more about this. And I'm going to have an article about this. You know, th- this this third year of Marcus Freeman, there's a lot, there's a lot of expectation, and I'd say pressure on him just because it's the year three thing at Notre Dame, yeah. and you need to start seeing some of the the growth happen under him. You know, hey, look, we you kind of went through your rookie mistakes the last two years, different you know different things. It's now time to really take this program to the next step. And then you add what's going on in the college football world. It, it is a huge year for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. And I and I it, look if they don't take hold of it this year, I'm not saying it can never happen. It just becomes harder and harder every year after that. In my sure. opinion, there's the window now. The the, the there's it's kind of like you know we've been playing King of the Mountain. For the last 15 years, and every now and then, Urban Meyer for a year or two, Dabo for a year or two, LSU once was able to knock Nick Saban off, but he always got right back on that horse. Yep. And now it's like, he's like, I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. 
and now there's this mad scramble and 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 recruits around the country are just kind of okay who's going to be that team Notre Dame's got a chance to do that and I'm hoping that they yep. take advantage of it they certainly do they certainly do it's going to be a big year for Marcus Freeman for a lot of different instances we already talked about the continuing changing of the landscape of college football the openness to teams maybe coming out and being that team to kind of elevate to that type of team a lot of coaching change a lot of coaching turnover transfer portal NIL all of it's associated and Notre Dame I think is I think they're playing their car, their hand pretty well as far as rock roster construction and the ability to create a good cohesive unit going forward Notre Dame will have a chance going into the 2024 season. So, folks, we'll be breaking down that, though, the rest of the offseason. What Notre Dame has coming, getting you all ready for spring ball, what we should be at, what we set our expectations at, who are the players to get excited about, where are the question marks still that, that on the roster that we need answered. We'll hit all that, but next, we're going to get into a mailbag. So, mailbag questions in the chat. I know we got a bunch already. Make sure to throw those in at any time. Before we get there, though, hit that like button for me. If you're listening to this live on YouTube, hit that notification bell. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. We very, very much appreciate that. If you're listening to us after the live show on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. You should also go to com. We'll have all the latest recruiting and team intel on there for the premium subscribers. Content that you will get nowhere else on the internet. So make sure you go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll hit the mailbag next here on the Irish Breakdown podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.